Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and I'm very pleased to introduce to you tonight my guest, Marianne Davis. Marketing and Events Manager for the Hospice of the Foothills. Marianne and her husband and family moved to Grass Valley in 1987. She has been involved in many community events and organizations, including the Union Newspaper, Running for Office, Writing a Book about Wine in Nevada County, Rotary, and her current work at Hospice of the Foothills as the Marketing and Events Manager. Marianne, welcome to the Sages Among Us. Oh, Lori, thank you so much for inviting me to be on your show. I'm so honored. Well, it's really great to have you here, and I want to just go ahead and dive in and and to where you grew up. Tell us about your early years. Well, I grew up in Chico, at least from age three on. Um, I went kindergarten through college in Chico, actually. It was a great childhood. I had wonderful parents and uh, even a sister that was not so bad. <laughs> no, I had a great, great childhood. Chico is a great town, but it's too hot in the summer and a little too foggy in the winter. Well, so who were some of your role models when you were growing up? Oh, God, I really think my parents were my role models. They were just so honest and had so much integrity, and they just taught us, to be the same, to be very tolerant, to be very accepting, to be kind, above all, to be kind. So I uh, really looked to them. They were my biggest cheerleaders growing up and my biggest fans. They would say that. <laughs> anyway, it was they were fantastic people. Of course, there were teachers I had in high school that made an impression. There's Mr. Piercy, who was my typing teacher, who through him allowed me to, to uh not that this is a bad thing, but to never have to work in the food industry. I always had clerical positions because I could type really well. So, well, that, yes, that's a good skill to have. Um, what were some of your early jobs? So you said you didn't work in the food industry. Uh, you had some clerical positions. So what were some of the jobs that you had early on? Well, earlier on, it, I used to help with my parents' business. They had, I mean, like from age 12, they had a fire extinguisher business in Chico, and I would do some of the filing and some of the typing of the statements and things like that. But then I got into a little bit of modeling when I was 16, and then I worked in a clothing store briefly, and then I landed a, my first clerical job, um, and I worked as a kind of a marketing assistant for a uh, kind of like a rental company, an equipment rental company in Chico. And then through college, um, I actually was lucky enough to get on staff half-time at the university. So then I had, you know, a decent job with decent pay and good benefits, and that got me through all of my college years. Well, that is a good deal. Yeah, uh, so great. What are some of the lessons that you learned uh, in some of these early jobs? Well, you should always be on time, be, be reliable, um, just... Stay focused and learn as much as possible. I took every job as a stepping stone, you know, to the next and, and try to take my experiences with me. And I think I've really done that through my career, really built on the last job I had. Every job that you had, you built on, it sounds like, yes. So I also yeah. know that in, in, as well as work, 
um, you do have a family here and a mm-hmm. um, husband and a couple of sons. Is that right? That's right. I have a husband, Scott, 37 years now. Can't believe it. Well, congratulations. Um, that That's long. Thank you. It is. And it in some ways feels longer and in other ways feels like it hasn't been that much time at all. So it's just just wonderful. He's a, he's a great guy. We have two sons. Brian's 34. Andrew is 28. And we have five grandchildren who are just amazing. Five grandchildren. Aren't you lucky? Very lucky. Very lucky. Do, do any of them live nearby? Um, t- uh, yes. Two are in Yuba City. Three are in Auburn. So very so you do get a there. chance to see these wonderful grandchildren on a regular we basis. We do. COVID's been a little bit of a, you know, obviously it's not seeing them very much or, is, you know, but we Zoom a lot. <laughs> Well, yeah, Zooming definitely works to keep families together during this time. Well, I know you said you moved uh, to Grass Valley in 1987. So uh, was there something besides being less hot than Chico and less fog than than Chico (laughs) that drew you here? Well, we came here because my husband was offered a job at Grass Valley Group. He's an engineer. Uh, So that got us here. And then we really loved it here and obviously haven't left. It's been 33 years. Um, this community is amazing, and I, I forget how amazing until I go to a different community, and I realize that, wow, where are your arts? Where are your uh, committed people to your, you know, it's just so different here and so amazing. Just love it. Well, you have gotten, you're involved in so many different aspects of our community, so we'll we'll touch on as many as possible. Um <laughs> But uh, I know that you work for hospice, and we'll talk about that a little bit a little, little later. But you have also worked for the union newspaper, and mm-hmm. um, so you were instrumental in a lot of their events. So you want to tell us about some of those events? Sure. Well, I, I did the Home and Garden Show for eight years. That event existed before I was there, so I just took the reins. Um, Flavor of Nevada County was a new event uh, while I was there. Uh, Chocolate Infusion was kind of my brainchild and my baby, and I still love that event, even though I don't get to run it anymore. Um, Let's see. Healthy You, the best of luncheons for the best of Nevada County. Just goes on and on. It was a really fun job. I think it was about eight years, and I just so loved the people. I loved what I did. Um, Very happy there. But you also were involved in... um, some documentaries. Is that through the union that you were involved in those? The yes, Golden. yes. I, co- I co-produced with Julia Stidham the Golden Stories of Our Past documentary series over about three or four, year, well, four years. And we, inst- we started doing that because of the union's 150th anniversary. And we were sitting around a table brainstorming, how can we make this really special for the community? And I suggested, why don't we do a documentary about the history here and what it was like when people were, you know, were growing up and stories they'd heard. And all of a sudden, that was my project, <laughs> which is, you know, be careful what you ask for. No, but I was so grateful because it, and I had no idea how to do that. I just dove in and we figured it out. And that's kind of the story of my career. We just dive in and figure it out. But um, those were really fun and really successful. And I got to say the most touching moment is the first film we did leaving the theater. There was a gentleman, elderly gentleman in the back. He was, he looked like something was wrong. He was crying like he was ill. There was a woman sitting with him and later she came out into the lobby and said, I just want to explain. He was so touched by what he saw on the screen. It brought back so many memories that he just, 
lost it. I mean, he was just emotionally grateful as well as just drained by the experience. And it kind of, we didn't expect that kind of reaction. It felt so good. Oh, that does sound good. And and so mm-hmm. digging back 150 years, uh, what are some <laughs> highlight stories that you can think about right now? Oh, well, my favorite, I got to say, is, oh, well, a couple of favorites, but Alma Baker. Oh, my goodness. We just lost her in the community this last year, I believe. Mm-hmm. But uh, she was fantastic. She told the story about when she was born and the doctor said to the nurse, You're, you know, she's not going to make it. Just put her over there kind of a thing. And the nurse thought, oh, no, we're not doing that. And the nurse kept her warm near the oven, fed her sugar water, and I think it was whiskey or something like that. And she and here she said, and here I am, whatever the time, 98 years later. And, and the, the theater just erupted in applause. It was just amazing. But she was just a treat. And so was Lowell Robinson. He was a treat. We probably had an hour and a half of footage. We wished we could have used it all. We could have done a, just a complete film on him. Um, and he was just, just a treat as well. And it, what's sad is we've lost some of these people. But we got them on film. We gave the families their full interviews on DVD so that they would always have those keepsakes. So we oh, were that is, happy that to is do that. That is a treasure. Yeah. It was a great experience. Well, you're listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and I'm talking today to Marianne Davis, Marketing and Events Manager for Hospice of the Foothills. So, are those uh, DVDs still available, or how could somebody yes. watch them? They are. DVDs are at the Union. I think they're just $10 a piece. I know they're working on another film on women's suffrage and the women's getting to vote. Dina Graydon took my position over there working with Julia. Them, and I know they're going to put out another great film, so I'm excited to see that. It's a little weird not being part of it, but I'm excited for them. <laughs> well, I feel badly that I never did see this when it came out, because I do remember when it came out, so now I, I really do want to see it, so that's great. <laughs> well, you've also thrown yourself into all sorts of leadership positions in our community, and you've actually run for public office. Um, so yes. what was that like, to run for public office? <laughs> It was different. Um, let's see, the first time I did it was, I think, in 2006, the Nevada Union Joint High School District School Board. I ran against an incumbent. Um, the day after the election, there was one vote separating us. Oh, my I word. I won. It went on for like six weeks where we needed to do the recount. We didn't know who won. And ultimately, she won uh, because they, you know, the absentee ballots and all came in. And it was still pretty close, but she did take the election. So that's that's all well and good. So I didn't do anything politically until uh, a couple of years ago when I ran for the county clerk recorder registrar position. And that was a learning experience as well. And I did it because I just saw some things that I felt needed to be changed or addressed. And I thought, well, I I can complain about this or I can do something about it. So I had some supportive friends and acquaintances. They said, you should do this. And I did it. It was, I didn't win, of course, but, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm really grateful for that because I wouldn't be where I am now with Hospice of the Foothills if I had won that election. So things work out how they're supposed to. They do. Um, Well, I know that there are probably some people out there listening tonight, uh, some who are elected officials, but some of them who, some people who are thinking that they might be interested someday. So what are Mm -hmm. the best parts of 
running uh, for public office? You know, I think the best part is getting to meet all the people. I mean, I got to know Shannon Moon really well. I got to know John Volz. I got to know a lot of these great people because we were on the campaign trail together. And so that was a really positive aspect. Also, just just the knowledge you pick up along the way. I feel like I'm a better citizen and a better um, member of this community because of the things I did learn along the way. There were some tough parts, though, like you kind of sometimes find out who your friends really are. But um, overall, I would say 95% experience was very positive. Well, if somebody is out there thinking that sometime they'd like to, to run for something or maybe they're running right now, uh, what mm-hmm. advice do you have for uh, community members who are either well, running or thinking about it? Well, it's definitely a good experience, and we need people, need good people to get involved in our local government and our local agencies. Um, I would say just focus, do as much as you can to get your name out there, to get your platform out there, surround yourself with good people, get a committee. Uh, Fundraising is tough. I can ask for money for anybody but myself, so that was a struggle that I had. Uh, But if you can get some good people to help you with that, you'll be fine. And it's no shame to lose. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And as you said, things have a way of working out. So we are going to get to the hospice piece of your career. But I, before we do that, I also wanted to ask you about a book you just recently published. So if you could tell us about your book. Yeah, I would not recommend a publishing a book during the pandemic. <laughs> we can't have book signings. No, just timing. Timing is everything. Um, actually, this was kind of a funny story because um, a couple of years ago, one of the acquisitions editors for the History Press called me at work one day when I was at the union, and she said, I knew her father, so that's how she found me, but she said, I would love for you to write a book on the on the history of the wine industry in Nevada and Placer counties, and I said, oh, no, I can't possibly do that. I'm way too busy. I've never written a book. I had no faith that I could do it. So I tried to hook her up with other people. Well, that didn't work either. So she kept calling, and about the third time she called and said, please, I thought to myself, how stupid is this to not take her up on the offer to get a book published? So I jumped in, and I, there again, didn't know what I was doing, jumped in and figured it out. So well, it's amazing because um, I, I do see it uh, now it, at SPD, and I know it's probably different places as well. So it yeah. is out there, but as you said, it's a, it's a different time for uh, um, getting a book published during COVID. Oh yeah, April fifteenth was the published date, and I just had to laugh when I realized how this was going to go. But it's okay, you know. I wrote it more for the experience than I did. You know, it's not it's not going to make me rich. It's not going to become a movie with. Meryl Streep is the lead. It's just not. It's not that kind of book. But if you're interested in the history of the area and how the wine industry is woven in, because it goes back to the gold rush when the wine industry started for the first time. So you're one of an interesting history experts on on how how things all of it's interwoven. Yeah, I know. In looking at your book, you also talk about the Nissanon influence. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of different things woven. It's less about wine and more about history. So anybody that says, well, I don't like wine, no, that's not the point of this book. It's just interesting, interesting stuff, I thought. Well, you're, you're now in a different position. Um, you're at Hospice mm-hmm. at the Foothills and uh, the a manager for marketing uh, and events. Uh, so what caused you to, to make that shift? 
Well, let's see. Uh, my both my well, all four of our parents between my husband and I passed away uh, within about a little over two years of each other. It was just kind of a crazy time, but I got to experience that death and dying process kind of up close, realizing how important it was to have dignity and to take away the fear and take away the pain uh, for the person going through that end of life journey. So. When I met Viv Tipton, who is an amazing person, if you've not met Viv, you need you need to find a way to do that. She's executive director at Hospice of the Foothills. And Kristen Donahue, also an amazing woman who I knew through my Rotary Club, we had talked about how cool it would be for me to work there sometime with them. And we all thought that's a great idea, but there wasn't anything open. So when that opening occurred, they said, please, please apply. But the reason why I wanted to go to Hospice of the Foothills is I, the mission is just so impressive and so amazing. Everybody I meet that works for hospice in the, especially you know, the clinical side, for instance, they deal with death, you know, on a continual basis. And I've asked the nurses. I said, you know, how how can you do this every day in an, in a day in and day out? And how does it not get to you? And, she, and they said, well, sometimes it does, but because we know we are making their end of life better than it would have been without us. We can do this. So I'm so impressed with these people every day that I go to work. And um, it, it just does my heart good you know, to give back. And even though I'm not working with patients directly, I know I'm supporting by fundraising and marketing and education out in the community about hospice that uh, it is helping support those roles that do work directly with the patients. So it's just really an honor to work there. So, Marianne, you've done a lot of different activities and, and themes to your work, um, but what would you say are some of your themes that are a unifying theme to all the different types of work you've done over your career? <laughs> Probably jump in and figure it out. Um, <laughs> that's what I was going to say <laughs> because yeah. that's so impressive that I, I, I'm inspired to try something new after listening to you just now. Yeah, that's just a fantastic way of living. Well, and right now, especially with COVID, and I'm, you know, a good part of my job is the events. Well, those have changed. So it's true, old dogs can learn new tricks because I have learned how to produce a virtual gala, which will be October 2nd. Um, but it's um, definitely an, a different you know, I can I can do a live event in my sleep practically, but this virtual stuff is quite different, quite new. But it's going to be fun. Well, you're listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Lori Burkhart-Frank, and I'm talking today to Marianne Davis, Marketing and Events Manager for Hospice of the Foothills. So, Marianne, in addition to all this work that you do and all these activities and running for office, I know that you're also very involved in uh, singing and artistry. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, I have been singing for 20-some-odd years. I started with Ken Harden when he taught over at Sierra College Choir. I was a founding member of the Sierra Master Chorale and, and sung with them for many years, well, 10 or 11, however long that's been going. I also love to sing karaoke with friends, which I miss terribly through this time. Um but I'm also a member of Banner Mountain Artisans because I design and make jewelry. And I also do some acrylic painting, which was something I stumbled onto accidentally and just um, thought I would give it a try. And 
it's been fun. So how do you find the time for all this? Walk us through a typical day or week <laughs> or month for you. <laughs> oh, let's see. That, the time is the, is the critical part. Um, you know, I get up fairly early, around 5.30, and start my day and get to work and then come home. I, I work from 8 to 4.30, which is kind of nice because I do get home at a time where I have some time to do some other activities, um, whether it's rotary things or whether it's, you know, music or whether it's just hanging out and relaxing with my husband. And um, I would say that if I had, you know, letting go of anything, it would be a lot of housework. <laughs> I can hire that done, but you know, if I had to do it all, it, it wouldn't probably happen. Well, you mentioned Rotary. I know that uh, you were a Rotary president a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which club are you part of? A forty-nine-year Breakfast Club of Nevada City. Yeah, and yes, being I was president of a Rotary club. Is 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 no minor uh, extra job. It's a pretty big commitment. No. <laughs> It, it was, but I loved it. I had such a good time when I was president of that club. It was it was very invigorating, and the people are so phenomenal, and the, the mission of Rotary is so amazing. Um, and I, I fought it for a few years. People had asked, why don't you get in line to be president? Oh, no, no, I don't have time for this. And then finally, in a weak moment, I said, uh, okay, <laughs> and I'm so glad I did. Well, what are some of the things that Rotary does for our local community? Oh, let's see. We've done our particular club. Now, there's five clubs in the area, so we all have our own projects. But specifically, my club has uh, worked with the North Star House. We put in that uh, beautiful, well, we helped put in the gardens there. Um, and we've done projects at Pioneer Park, the DiMartino Park. We put in a amphitheater and some livestock stalls at Nevada Union High School. Um, oh my gosh, the list goes on. You probably see a lot of rotary emblems around town on projects that one of the clubs has done. And we often join together too. We did some work out at the fairgrounds as a, a, all the clubs getting together. And then we have international things that we do too, but that's another story. <laughs> well, I mean, you certainly do get the, uh, uh, the most out of your 24 hours a day. I'm, I'm so impressed. One of the other things that I forgot to ask you about when we were talking about the book, but you used to run uh, your own company, Sierra Wine Tours? Yeah, Sierra Gold Wine Tours was a winery tour company back in around 2005 and six, seven, where we would take guided tours to the local wineries and have a catered lunch. It was, it was really fantastic. And then the economy tanked in 08, and it just wasn't sustainable anymore at that point. So I think I think it's a great idea to start up again, but I don't think I have the energy now at my age to to take that on. <laughs> well, you've done it, so now you just uh, paved for yeah. somebody else. Well, see, I have to. My husband jokes. My mother always said, "You can be anything you want to be," and I thought she said, "You can be everything you want to be." <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly, oh, that uh-huh. that's worked for you because you know, from from an author, singer, artist, uh, event production, uh, video uh, uh, director, producer, uh, you have really um, been, it seems It seems like everything that's popped into your, your uh, field of desire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very blessed. I'm very blessed to have the opportunities to do all these things. So um, what do you get, I mean, by investing all your time in, into the community, I mean, yes, through your work, but also... Uh, through your volunteer activities and and 
uh, where you find some passion with your singing and artistry. What do you get are some of your benefits from civic involvement? Um, just that feeling good that I've made a little bit of a difference somewhere. The camaraderie is great, too. That's what I love about the singing and the rotary clubs and, and even the Bannermount artisans. You make good friends in these groups. And it's, um, I don't know, it's just, I can't imagine not doing some of these things or most of these things. It just gives me some fulfillment. Well, so what makes you want to continue to live in, in this community? I think it's the people. I have so many friends. I can't go anywhere without knowing somebody, which I love. My kids used to hate it when they were growing up. <laughs> oh, mom, you know, but um, I just I just love that and um, love what we stand for. I mean, we've had some, some little upsets along the way, but I really think deep down this community all wants the same thing. They all want to be happy and they want to be safe. They want to feel like life is worth living. And I, and I know if we were to pull ourselves back to that lowest the common denominator, we all want a lot of the same things. And then it gets messed up with politics and it gets messed up with, you know, division. And, and I would love to see the community just really stop and back up and say, okay, here's where we all agree. Let's start right here. Well, if you did have the power to wave a magic wand uh, to improve our community, uh, what would you want to create or what problem would you want to solve? Oh, I think I would love to just get rid of this division that we have uh, in this community and in the world, but we'll start right here. And it just like, you know, like I mentioned, just if we could all sit around a socially distanced table and uh, try to work some of these things out. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding and a lot of emotion comes from that. And I think if we just strip it back down, we might be able to get somewhere, move forward. So where do you see that, that maybe we are um, in alignment or agreement in the community? What are some of the areas that, that you see people working together? Oh, I really think that we all want this place to be beautiful and to, to have the resources that we have. We love our river. We love the beauty. We um love the, the events that we usually get to have, the arts and the culture. There's so much here that it was such a rich history as well. And I think deep down, we all really love that part of this community. And I think we're just getting distracted right now by other things going on. But things happen in cycles, and this too shall pass, I hope. Well, we have, we're just down to a couple of minutes left, Marianne, and, and I know that you are very connected to so many people, so many projects, so many activities, and do you have any tips for any of us on how to stay connected during this time of social distancing and uh, the, the not being able to create large events? Um, so what, what are some of the things that you're doing or, or have seen done that keep people connected? You know, I think Zoom-type technology is a blessing for us right now. I know that I'm connecting with family members across the country that we, before the pandemic, we really didn't talk all that much. And now we're getting together every few weeks on a Zoom meeting. So I feel more connected to them than I have in quite a while. Also with friends, I have an online card game I play with some friends on Saturday nights. And we all look forward to it, and it's a lot of fun, and we laugh, and um, so there's that, but then we're just going to have to learn how to ease into this 
you know, small group kind of things or take them virtual for our events. I know Music in the Mountains has got a virtual event coming up as well. A lot of the organizations, Habitat for Humanity, I would just encourage people to check those out because it's a way to stay connected. It's a way to see what's happening in the nonprofit world, and they can be a lot of fun. But it's tough tough for me. (laughs) It's been such a pleasure to get the chance to talk to you tonight and to learn more about, you know, what's, inspired you and what you're involved in and I'm sure that we only just touched the surface of all your activities um, you've got just a couple seconds there any final words you want to say oh, I just want to thank you Lori for all you do for the community you are involved and active and busy and such a contributor and we so appreciate that well my guest tonight has been Marianne Davis marketing and events manager for Hospice of the Foothills and thank you so much for joining us Marianne the purpose oh, thank of this you. program. Yes, well, thank you for being here. Um, the purpose of this program is to inspire and invite people to participate in the betterment of our community. Discover how you can make a difference by tuning in on Wednesdays at 6:30 p.m. Next week, Keith Porter will be your host, and he's interviewing Bill Drake, who's a social advocate, justice advocate and author. And we want to thank our engineer tonight, Keith Porter, and our podcast podcaster Joyce Miller. You've been listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Lori Burkhart-Frank. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for everything that you do to make our community great. 